Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 46. Our special guest is Veronica J. Kuhn. Hi, welcome Veronica Kuhn to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wait, do you have an initial also in your name? I do, just because I don't know why I was obsessed with the idea. I always used my J, Veronica J. Kuhn, but... Um, it wasn't was an equity cool. thing? It was just a... No, it was that I liked it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Stephanie J. Block, Veronica J. Kuhn. Oh, I like it. I, I think I thought it was more official when I was, you know, a young kid doing theater. I liked the idea that it looked like, ooh, she has an initial in the program. Oh, I like that. <laughs> just sort of stuck. What does the J stand for? It's Jean. My, Jean. my middle name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Well, I start by reading your credits. Oh, uh, and then we'll go from there and tell me if I miss anything because uh, IBMD uh, messes up things a lot. They, you know, I think they only get like, I've been a replacement a couple times too. So I feel like sometimes oh. they don't always get the inserts and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think Playville too doesn't have like anything that I've done. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. But I just don't have the time. I think I looked into it once that if you like mail them a copy of the playbill with like or with your insert, something to prove that like you were in something, they will they will change it. But I was like, I'm not gonna mail no. you my playbills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the inserts and yeah. your contract, that seems like a lot. Right? Yeah, I know. So, so whatever. So I'm like, eh, people can find out if they need to find out. <laughs> yes, or they'll just they'll listen here. Uh so Mama Mia mm-hmm. and Xanadu on Broadway. Avenue Q Off-Broadway, Clinton the Musical Off-Broadway, the Elf National Tour. And what else did I miss that's that's your favorite or of note? I mean, those are the big ones. Those are those are the New York jobs, I would say. I mean, there's some regional stuff in there, but um, yeah, those are the big ones. All right, well, we're going to talk about everything. <laughs> so uh, where are you from and how'd you get started? I'm from uh, Spotswood, New Jersey. Um, and I guess I got started. So yeah, my cousins actually were, were super big into theater, and I think I we you know me and my sister started doing community theater with them for fun. They figured out I could sing, and then it sort of became um, I got seriously into it in high school. Um, and then my cousin went to Carnegie Mellon for theater, and that was sort of when I first figured out you could even get a degree and major in it, and. Um, that made my mom happy. That was the big thing was you're going to college. You know, if you want to pursue theater, that's fine, but you're going, you're getting a degree. <laughs> um, so then I started the whole audition process for school and I went to the Boston Conservatory. Oh, was it Boco mm-hmm. then? It was Boco. I refused to call it Boco at the time. I just thought, I was like, no, it's the Boston Conservatory. <laughs> like the Veronica J, I, <laughs> I like things to be very official. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. But um, yeah. So I went there for four years, and then I moved to New York, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, I noticed that you also do some concerts at, uh, up in Boston for the symphony and stuff like that. I did. It was so fun. That was all through school. Oh, wow. I don't even remember exactly how, but they must... I don't know if they still do it, but at the time, they had a bunch of... You know, I auditioned and everything, but they would have guest artists come and be part of their... I did a Christmas concert and got to sing this big solo um, with Keith Lockhart conducted and um, and then I think we did a Gershwin one as well which was really fun that was definitely a highlight of being in Boston I loved it there oh yeah yeah I got to do a couple shows outside of school which was great they have awesome theaters there the Lyric uh, theater company I worked at I worked at the uh, Speakeasy stage company and New Repertory Theater oh that's great all outside of school and yeah got Got my feet wet there. And then did you move straight to New York after you graduated? I did. Um, We had um, my first agents that I was with for a long time came, and I think they still go. You know, know, most conservatories or colleges have some sort of, you know, relationship with agents who will come and either do master classes with their seniors or sometimes they'll do, like, workshops in New York or whatever. But um, one one of my agents came to Boston and did a master class and then asked me if I wanted to go in. He got an appointment for Mamma Mia. He said, you know, called me up. Would you like to be submitted? We'll submit you. 
So I went, I think it was like a Thursday. I took the bus in the morning, did the audition, came back on the bus in the evening. And I think it was the next day or the next Monday, they called me and said, oh, you, you booked it. Would you like to be in Mamma Mia? So it was crazy. I That's was, a great, crazy story. Yeah, it was really special. I was a senior. I want to say it was March or April. I think it was April. And um, yeah, I hadn't even graduated yet. And it was just on a whim. You know, I was thinking, oh, sure, this would be great to, you know, establish a relationship with a new agent. And yeah. why not? You know, we hadn't, we hadn't even showcased yet. So um, I had no expectation that it was even going to, you know, turn into anything at all. Had you even auditioned, done a New York audition yet? Um, I think I had done some open calls, never through like an agent submission. It was all open call stuff. You know, I grew up in Jersey, so every now and then, you know, me and my friends would drive in for a dance call. I think I did like the Footloose call and like the Annie call <laughs> as a kid, you know, anything yeah. that you could line up outside, Actually, yeah. you know, for hours and hours. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, that was like the first agent submission and it just ended up working out, which was insane. <laughs> did you finish school? I did. I didn't walk at graduation. I think they wanted me to start a certain day at Mamma Mia and I asked for like a couple extra days so that I could still make the Boston showcase and the New York showcase and then start rehearsal the next day hmm. after the New York showcase, um, which they agreed to. So I think it was the very beginning of May. So I finished classes and finals and everything. Some teachers were really nice and gave me a pass on some of the finals <laughs> because Aww. they're like, well, you're working. So. Yeah. Um, which was true. Um, but yeah, my mom came in, uh, packed up my apartment, and drove me back to New Jersey the day after showcase, and I started rehearsals right away. Started going to Ripley Greer. Oh, <laughs> this was your Broadway debut, and did mm -hmm. you get your equity card, or did you already have it? I had gotten it shortly before through Speakeasy, which is in Boston. Hmm. I guess it must have been that senior year either junior year or senior year, but I think it was probably the beginning, either that winter of senior year that I was doing um, Kiss of the Spider Woman. I was not the Spider Woman. I was, <laughs> it was Marta. Uh, I think that's her name, the wife. Um, and yeah, one of, our, one of our teachers is the artistic producer there and artistic director, I believe, sorry. And um, I just had done a couple shows regionally in Boston and every time I did one, I said, hey, can you give me my card? Can you give me my card? And um, that job ended up being the one that they were like, yes, good job for asking. You can have it. You're a senior now. So, ah. yeah. So I had it, but it was very recent. Right. That I had but yeah, had just it. backtrack a little bit. But I know mm -hmm. right now uh, a lot of people in my life and you're like mm. too are asking questions like, when do I take my card? When do I take your right. card? How did you know that that was the, you were ready for it? I, I just felt super competitive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I knew I wanted it. I knew that I had worked a few jobs. I worked, I did summer stock every summer that I was in school. I didn't do any like spring vacations. I went and I auditioned in New York. Like I was, I was very focused. I definitely felt like I had enough regional credits um, with some principles on them to show that like I'm, you know, aside from the card working professionally at this point and I just really wanted agents to take me seriously. Um, when I was gonna showcase. So I was pretty gung-ho that I wanted it. Um, and once I started working around Boston, um, I felt like, okay, I think if I get it, I, I will be competitive and I can, I can do this. Um, I think it's definitely a personal decision for everyone though. Um, I know a couple of people in my life who's, who, you know, haven't taken theirs yet and it's worked out for them that they sort of wait and they're in this different pool of people and for whatever reason the type of characters they play right. or their age or they don't quite look as you know maybe they're going to play older roles and they they look young i don't know yeah i do think it's a really personal thing though i couldn't say like oh that's the way you should do it yeah you i don't know, think so either all. yeah yeah it just for me seemed like it was the right way to go and it sort of just presented itself and i said let's do it right. yeah so right from graduating college, you made your Broadway debut, which mm -hmm. seems really young yeah. for you, for most people. But yeah. Mamma Mia, was it a very young cast? I mean, how mm -hmm. was it making your Broadway debut at 22? 22, yeah. I mean, it was a young group. There, there are definitely some adult tracks, or adult, but <laughs> older than 22 tracks. <laughs> you know, the, the fathers, the mothers, hmm. and um, a bunch of their covers in the ensemble were all sort of, you know, 30s and up and then there was a ton of ensemble kids who were all you know 20 22 25 you know um so it was so much fun 
we had just stupid amounts of fun. I always tell, uh, I talk with my friend uh, who I shared a dressing room with um, that like we really should have died at some point because we just had so much fun. Really? <laughs> like we got into so much trouble and um, yeah, you know, I think just being 22 and right out of college and, you know, living your life and just love it. I love New York and I loved being there and moving right away and having a job and money and, you know, Absolutely. we just ran yeah. around like idiots. Oh, yeah. that's great. Were you overwhelmed at making your Broadway debut? Like, because were you dreaming of this since you were a little kid in New Jersey? I think probably by the time I was in high school. Okay. I, I was a little shy with singing in front of people until maybe I was like 12 or 13. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm good. Maybe I could do this. Mm. Um, but yeah, once I got into high school, then I was like full throttle, like, oh my gosh, the, the goal is Broadway. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was so fast. It was all so fast. Yeah. So it's almost like I didn't have time to think about it. It was just like, this is happening and we're doing it. And, um, it did, it did seem sort of like any other show I had ever done just on a larger scale, you know? Um, so that was sort of comforting. Like it didn't seem like this giant daunting thing you know it seemed like oh this is this is what I know this right. is what I know how to do so cool um, but the rehearsal process was a shock for you know joining a show that's already been running you don't ever think about oh okay well I'll be rehearsing with the dance captain and with the stage manager by myself <laughs> you know nobody nobody tells you about that when you're in college so I think you think it's always going to be you know you're creating from the ground up and you're all in rehearsals together and the stuff that you know we love to do yes. so learning how to like just the replacement process I was like I don't know what that is yeah um so yeah just two weeks of rehearsal and boom go you know that put-in day, that first put-in day, I remember. And I just kept hearing everyone talk about Shove With Love. And I was like, are they going to push me? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they are. And they did, yeah. Um, I remember it went really well until I think the first time I, I got a little like, no, ah! was during, um, you know, they have that. They had that giant Mamma Mia mega mix at oh, the yes. end, and um, just everyone's on stage, and there were all these lines, you know, moving just the the large choreography of it. I was like, oh no, now I don't know where I am. What window am I supposed to be in? Um, so yeah, so that part was was daunting and scary. But other than that, it was just sort of like, I can't believe this is happening. But it was so fun and, you know, seemed like, okay, I'm doing this yeah. now. <laughs> and how long were you in Mamma Mia? I was there for two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. And you got spray tans? Is that true that they would give you spray tans? Oh yeah. Well, you had options. You because they weren't going to make you go into a tanning bed if you didn't want to. But I loved going to the tanning beds, which was terrible, terrible. Well, are you from, a Jersey girl? Is that where that But I'm totally a Jersey girl, <laughs> and I would never tan growing up as a kid. I would always burn. So, oh, me too. So I figured out, you know, you do the like three minutes, then four minutes, then five minutes, and you just like you know, bump up your time in the tanning bed by a minute each time, and then you're golden. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got, we called it tanorexic. I was, I was obsessed. Um, but, yes, they would offer different options for spray tanning. You could get a, an airbrush tan. You could use the Bobbi Brown lotion, which I didn't like because it would get your sheets all gross. Oh. Um, and that was the other thing. I didn't like the way, I would sweat a lot in the show, and... The, those lotions and even the airbrush sweats off after a while. Oh. So it's gross. And I did have a bad um, airbrush experience. Something happened with, they use this, it's almost like a little spray can <laughs> with a nozzle, like, like a like a water bottle that you like spritz, you know? Really? And um, the nozzle was messed up. So she sprayed me so dark, I looked like a bear. I had to, like I think there's a 20 or a 12 hour period or something like that, that if you shower it could potentially lessen your your tan so they tell you not to but i like rushed to the theater after i got my tan and looked in the mirror and was like oh my god i'm so proud and then was like taking makeup wipes all over my the face was the worst because it got in like the lines and i just i i mean i really looked like a bear i looked like i had like jowls it was terrible but that's just because the nozzle was broken <laughs> otherwise i really enjoyed a spray tan <laughs> so did you leave mama mia for xanadu no, I left Mama Mia because I was done with Mama Mia. Um, I left to do original gig of Les Mis uh, up at Maine State Music Theater. Oh, okay. Um, and I just decided 
to like leave, leave instead of asking for a leave of absence. Going back to my ferocious focus and hunger, I, I just kind of felt like, you know, if I stay too long here, it's too easy to stay, you know? Yes. And it's hard, you know, the older you get to, to not want that security of the job. But I was like, I'm only 24. Why, you know, like, what's the point in, in doing this show over and over and over and over again? I've loved it. I've had a great time with it. And I just felt like it it would force the universe to present another option um, if I just said, okay, I'm done. What's next? And not having that sort of security blanket uh, which is hard to do, I guess. But I, again, was just like, nope, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm no, that's it. great. I mean, and, and admirable. Well, I think I'm less brave now. But but <laughs> when I was like 24, 20, 25, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Um, yeah, so I went and I did Les Mis. And then I forget the order of how it all happened. Xanadu happened shortly after that. Um, I want to say I had auditioned for a different the touring company of Xanadu first and then I think an offstage position opened up and I didn't take that and then while I was away doing Les Mis they sort of sniffed around and said is she available when when will she be back and then I went into the Broadway company after I came back from doing Les Mis in the fall of oh gosh I think 2009 no yes no either 2008 or 2009. <laughs> I can't even remember. No, it would have been to the end of 2008, maybe. You know, I don't even remember. No, that's that okay. Terrible? No, it's not terrible. <laughs> they, all, they all start to blend together. And did you roller skate before you auditioned? I roller skated at the audition. I mean, I roller skated as a kid. Right. I think this is one of the things, and this, when we get to talking about Avenue Q, will we'll probably come up again, but I, I think I'm good at just sort of saying, oh, I'll try that. I roller skated well enough, but I think I was I was brave to try you know tricks and stuff. And if I fell, I fell, whatever. But um, right. I'm coordinated enough that it worked out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a really fun show. And that was at the Helen Hayes. That was at the Helen Hayes. I joined the Broadway company right before it closed. Okay. Um, I did get to go on, but it was a very brief run. They they announced maybe. I think I did a total of five weeks or something. It was really short. Um, but then I got to go out with the touring company. Yeah, so, so then I felt yeah. like I got to do, like, right. have, have a little bit of a run with it. Because with both Mamma Mia and Xanadu, you were mm. principal understudy. Correct. And did you like being an understudy? Is it something you're good at? I think I am good at it. I, uh, I think I have too much anxiety. <laughs> Which maybe makes me good at it, because then I'm like, oh gosh, I have to be prepared. And, right. You know. But oh yeah, I mean, I used to get adrenaline headaches after you know you go on, and then you're like, oh god. Yes. You know, you're just sort of thrown, thrown on. But um, I didn't get to go on for Kira in Xanadu ever, but I did go on for Sophie in Mamma Mia a bunch, which was fun, um, fun and scary and terrifying yeah. and all of it, but. Fun to have, you know, understudy costumes made for you and you oh, know, yeah. all stuff like that. Yeah. Like it was it was great fun. But yeah, it's nerve wracking for sure. And I feel like it's made me now be very kind as as much as I can to people who are who are covering, you know, like it's not an easy thing to do and you know, there's rehearsal, but everybody's show is gonna be different, everybody's yeah. little nuances are gonna be different and um so yeah, I'm trying to hold space for that. It's I would do it again. I just it would have to be for the right role. Exactly. For sure, you know. Yeah, people always talk about how glamorous they think Broadway is, mm -hmm. but I heard the backstage of the Helen Hayes. There's like two dressing rooms, and there's a sheet between or something like that. <laughs> it's like really unglamorous. Almost like I don't know that it was a sheet, but like weird little black curtains, and I think there were so, sort of walls, almost like cubicles. It felt like, <laughs> um, but yes, very tiny. I loved that theater though. I really did. I felt like for that show, it was so perfect. It was really intimate. Um, I felt like on tour when we did that show in some bigger houses, it almost didn't translate as mm. well. You know, not having like the tiny little audience right in your face. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I like that theater. Aren't they revamping it? Aren't I think they, they like... are. It's a charming little theater. It's really cute. Yeah. Well, one of the main reasons I asked you to do this podcast is yes. I overheard you talking about a class that you think they should teach in college about making someone sing a song 
yes. every day. And well, explain it to me because I was overheard it and I was like, okay, this is fascinating. Well, it's just every, people always ask, you know, what's something that you wish you had known? And I mean, part of it is like you can't teach somebody how to be a replacement in a show. You just, that's something you learn if you do it. And um, that sort of part of the process is you can only teach by experiencing it. But I think it would be so helpful to assign your freshman, you know, to your program, for your program, whatever. When you're a freshman, you get a song that will be your song and you have to sing it somewhere as part of the program every day or eight times a week <laughs> for your entire, you know, two years, four years, whatever. Because I think that's a skill that you can't learn until you are doing a show for a long time. And I think you think or you hope that, you know, you're going to have one of those careers where you can just bop from show to show. But it's, you know, I know lots of people who have done two-year runs, three-year runs, four-year runs, yeah. eight-year runs, nine-year runs. Um, and so learning how to make a song or a dance or, a, you know, something. If you're a dancer, cool. You have to do the same combination for four years. Yep. Figure it out. Yep. Um, make it fresh. So you learn how to make it new for yourself every day over a long period of time. Because I feel like that's something you don't even think about until oh, yeah. you're like six months to a year inside a run. And then you're like, what? Yeah. You're like, yeah. I have to sing this song yeah. again. Yeah. And twice today? Twice today. Make it as new and fresh as you can. Or just if the if that day is about like get through somehow. Yeah. That is a skill that I think you don't learn until you're doing a long run. And I think it would be sort of useful to even just get a taste of that when you're in college. Because I think everyone thinks, you know, well, yeah. It's in the moment, and you're creating everything, and and it is. But you have to learn how to do that for yourself when you're doing the same material, yeah, eight times a week for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I thought that was so fascinating. I was like, that's so true, because sometimes yeah. I'm like, even in short runs, you're like, I can't believe I have to sing this song yeah. again today. Yeah, and it's been three months or something like that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, as humans, I think didn't there's some something I read or a rule somewhere that I read that um, you can create or break a habit in thirty days. Oh. So maybe just the fact that we are creatures of habit, some, you know, like that it's natural that you do something every day. It becomes old hat. It becomes road. It becomes muscle memory. And figuring out ways to sort of like break that up for yourself over a long period of time, I think would be really helpful for students to think about or at least just plant that seed. That, oh, like, no, I totally you know? agree. I yeah. don't know if it's like a realistic thing you could actually <laughs> do in a program, but... Or like even just once a week, something. You gotta yeah. like stand up in front of your peers and be like, this is what I'm working on this day. And you have to do it the exact same way. Yeah, you know, here's your blocking. Yep. Figure it out. Figure it How out. How to make it day. new. Yeah. yeah. So two of your most interesting credits are both off-Broadway with Clinton uh -huh. the Musical and Avenue Q. Yes. Besides the finances, what do you find to be the biggest difference between doing a Broadway musical and an off-Broadway musical? <sighs> You know, I was looking at that question as you wrote it down, and I'm I'm a little stumped. I mean, the salary is definitely the biggest um, difference. For Avenue Q, because that show basically is, I mean, they moved that yeah. that show, they moved the set over, they moved everything over, so it really is the same show. So I want to say that the only difference was the salary. Well, then that's great. Yeah. For that show. Um Clinton was a different experience just because that that was my first time doing an original show, an original piece, you know. And like, you played Monica Lewinsky? I did. <laughs> and, uh, my mother was so thrilled. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so fun. That, that was the first time I got to really be a part of creating something really from the ground up and, you know, that something we did in rehearsal becomes part of the show. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So that was awesome. Um, and we got to do a cast recording, which was, I mean, definitely bucket list for sure. I, did, I don't know if I'll ever get to do one again. I hope you will. I get, oh, I, you will. I hope I get to, but having my name be next to something that we worked on feels just like a nice accomplishment. Yes. And uh, seeing it on iTunes is like, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, this is going to be on iTunes. Is Oh, well, this will. Oh, <laughs> It's my second iTunes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I thought you meant Guys and Dolls. I was like, what? Oh, no, no, no. No, your podcast. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Um, so 
did you walk into Avenue Q saying, I can do a pup tree? No. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. Um, again, another like, hey, you want to try and put this puppet on? Sure, why not? Let's see what happens. You know, just sort of being as fearless as possible to, possible to be like, sure, I'll try that. Yeah. See what happens. Um, same with the roller skating. Just like, Maybe I'll be good at this. Yeah, no, they definitely trained me because I had no prior experience with puppets. I still don't think I was very good at it. I've been told I was passable, but... <laughs> I mean, it's challenging. Oh. That was the hardest job I've ever had, for sure. Really? And how yeah. long were you there? I think three and a half, three, three point eight years. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I was there for a long time. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the show. I love the show, too. Yeah. That was another role that was sort of like, I, I saw it and went, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be, ever be able to do the puppet stuff, but I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and I had auditioned for it so many times over so many years um, when it was still running on Broadway. I went in for puppet camp and did the whole thing. So um, it took a while to book it. And then when I did, it was like the perfect timing. I had a chunk of time where I was unemployed and I was like, please, something. And um, it just sort of fell in my lap. They were like, are you, you know, is she available? And I was like, yes. And then I stayed for a while because I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because it's more satisfying than... I mean, as I get older, I'm definitely, it's harder to be as brave as maybe I was when I was 24 and be like, I quit. I have nothing to go to, but I quit. Yes. Um, just because, you know, you want a life and you want to pay your bills. And right. I like living alone in my studio. <laughs> oh, I completely get it. You know, yeah. but um, no, it was a great, great job and role for me. And um, I feel like I fully fully thoroughly like spent full circle time there for sure That's it was great. great you know the ups and the and the downs of a long run and I learned the most probably about myself as an actor in that show for sure um because it's a comedy but just the nuances of you know we talked with um, Johnny Tartaglia a lot who came in as our resident director for a while um about just learning about the arc of the show and learning how to be of service to a show and not have, you know, every line's not your last line. You know, uh, things that I think most people know but maybe you forget because you want the laugh. Right. So little, little things that I'm, that even now as we're doing Guys and Dolls, I'm like, oh, this is a Johnny Tartaglia moment where, you know, this is the line that's supposed to be genuine. This right. is the line that sets up your next laugh later on, but you can't see it yet. You know? Yeah. So learning those kinds of skills and learning about my stamina for sure. It was it was a long time to be doing character voices and doing a show that's tough on your body. But yeah, it was I I mean, I'm glad, so glad that I got to do it. Speaking of roles, this is a, a, a great topic I want to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. it's a, I've never talked about this on my podcast. Because my podcast is definitely about embracing the ensemble. Yeah. But there is some, for some people, the ensemble is a stepping stone sure. into something else mm -hmm. and breaking out of the ensemble. Mm -hmm. And um, you definitely breaking out of the ensemble. And I don't know if you're saying goodbye to it, but when do you know, like, if you want to start playing principal roles, do you need to stop doing ensemble work? I mean, I guess, again, there's no hard and fast rule because I, I guess at this point you could say, well, I will never accept an ensemble role again, but I don't know if that means I wouldn't work ever again. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I think it's different for everybody. I know that if I get to a point where I just need the job, I'm desperate for the job, I would totally do it. And that I should rephrase. I would absolutely do it if I'm not desperate for the job, if it's the right role. Right. You know, there are definitely roles that I wouldn't hesitate to cover at all. Like I went in for waitress to cover. I, you know, there are definitely things that um, if I feel like the role would be a challenge and it's something I would want to work on and it's a show that I love or, you know, music I want to sing, I absolutely would do ensemble again. Maybe I wouldn't stay for a, another long run right. in the ensemble again. I don't know. I don't know. I think it has to be a case by case situation for people. I don't. I know there is that sort of like drawing the line in the sand and being like, okay, never again. I feel like unless you have <laughs> like major status, right? I don't know if that's so realistic or not. But I think it depends. For it's different for everybody. Yeah, I know. I'd rather be 
dancing in Florida than you know, answering phones yeah. in New York City. Yeah, I think it's it it exactly. It has to depend on where you are in your life and how important is it for you to be for your soul. What would be worse, you know, doing your survival job or being in the ensemble? Maybe at the end of Mamma Mia, I was like, I think I need a break and I'm done with the ensemble. But nowadays, you know, I might be just super happy to jump back onto the boards and yes. you know, yeah, cover a role and make some money for a little bit. Yeah, you know. So did you like touring? Because I know you played Jovi on the national tour of Elf. I did. Um, that was such a little, like, holiday baby mini tour. So it was kind of great. It was short. It was almost the same time frame as, as this contest oh, okay. that we're doing for yeah. Guys and Dolls now. So we rehearsed in New York for two weeks, October, and then we headed out, we teched, and then we were back home right after the new year. So super quick. Um I loved it though. We lucked out. We got to be in Boston for a month in November. So I got to go back and see everybody in Boston and just um, spend some time in that city, which I hadn't been in years. Um, and then we finished up the most of the month of December at Madison Square Garden in New York. So Perfect. it was almost yeah. like not really a tour. <clears throat> we were away for a month and a half, I think, okay. which was sort of perfect. So it was, it was quick. But I love that show. Yeah, it's a it's adorable. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Well, and you have the best song. On the I show. love that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my very first theater was the theater at Madison Square Garden. No way. Yeah, how that is huge. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden you're like, this isn't like a normal theater. It's it a, wasn't. It felt. Stadium. Yeah, it was weird in that it didn't feel. And after we were in the, at, at the Wang in Boston, so it was completely mm. like opposite like classic classic old theater giant you know the orchestra's right there in front of you you got this great kick-ass horn section and then we'd go to madison square garden and the orchestra's like all the way over on the left yeah i was waving to the conductor like hi um so yeah if it was a little more of a bizarre experience people are getting cotton candy during the middle you know like it's more of like Circus. I felt like we were at a Yankee game a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bizarre, but um, but it's such a fun show. We didn't care. We were like, whatever. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, and they managed to put together a group of, like, really Christmassy people. It was Aww. so fun. Like, everyone genuinely really liked Christmas, which was great. Um, and I had been doing so many shows without, like, horn sections for years. I love a horn section. <laughs> It brings me such joy. Well, that's a so, great transition to where we are now. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> uh, we're currently uh, in Guys and Dolls, mm-hmm. where Veronica is starring as Adelaide at the Oslo Theater mm-hmm. in Sarasota. And our new orchestrations are almost yeah. all horns. I know. It's great. It's very, it's very, very <laughs> horny. It is very horny. Uh, <laughs> speaking of roles, you are, I mean, I know you don't want to brag about yourself, but you are amazing in the show. Aww. And um, we all say it. We all talk. I mean, I'm in the, the men's ensemble room, so you know we all talk about the female leads. <laughs> and we're all like, she's amazing. And both of you are. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking before this about how this version of Guys and Dolls, whether it's mm-hmm. direction or not, mm-hmm. it's really through the eyes of the two, two women mm-hmm. who are very strong. Mm-hmm. And your choices are so great because they're traditional Adelaide, but there's nothing dumb about her. Mm-hmm. There's nothing um, ditzy about her. Mm-hmm. And it's just, what was your process in coming up with her, because and she's also much more a burlesque beauty as opposed to, mm. you know, I mean something cheeky. Right. I don't know. You know, it's sort of weird. People keep, you know, were asking like, is it hard to like put her on? I feel like I read the script for the auditions and I just knew how I would do her. I just right. felt like I knew who this is. I knew how it was going to come out of my mouth. I don't. I don't know. I, there wasn't a plan for for how she would be specifically except for she's in love with Nathan, she wants to get married, and she has a cold. So sometimes she sounds squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure, I think too because I hadn't really even seen, I've never seen a full production of Guys and Dolls and I didn't see the movie. I've seen some clips of Faith Prince, but... Um, it wasn't something I was super familiar with. Right. And I think I always thought, too, that she was like this old, washed up, like my, my what I always heard of her was like, oh, she's older and she, she can't get married. And um, I wanted to be careful not, 
it seemed to me when I read it, there's not, someone said like, oh, she's so naggy. And I was like, oh gosh, like I don't see that at all. I feel like she's such a heart character. You yeah. know, like she so clearly just wants to be married and wants what she wants uh, with Nathan and this picket, picket fence life and everything. But I don't know, it never made sense to me that, that she would be naggy. I don't know that he would put up with her for 14 years if she's no that naggy. You know what I mean? You'd have a whack. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that was the only thing that I was like, I just wanted to make sure that she was lovable. Oh, and she's really lovable. And uh. she's also authentic. Yeah. And the love story, I, I'm really seeing that it's mm. authentic. And the fact that Nathan really is in love with her really comes comes across. Yeah. And you're able to do that and still give that typical caricature of the doll, but your performance is not a caricature. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes, thank you. And yeah. I, I, that's a compliment. I feel like that's how I like to, if I can, approach character comic roles. Um, that they're funny, but that the heart of it is genuine. Mm -hmm. Anytime you run into trouble, always go back to like, what does she want, you know? Um, and the rest is just fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's such a good script. It's all written there, you know, the jokes are all there. And so I get to just sort of play. I like her a lot. And I feel like she made sense to me the, from the very first time that I read it. And um, I was really glad I got to audition. Um, I also, sort of always thought she was older and I think traditionally she is played maybe a little older um, I think in the breakdown too it said 20s to 40s you know it could have been anything yeah. really and I think it can be she just has to be old enough to have been with a man for 14 years I suppose yeah so, so. they meet at 22 yeah they, sure she, she could have been 18 yeah, she could have been yeah, 17 yeah you know, you know those days she could have been pretty anything, young but you know. um yeah we Josh Rhodes the director and I sort of talked about um, you know, maybe where, what was Rhode Island like? Where did she come from? How did she get to be in New York? And so I sort of thought of, of Adelaide as, you know, maybe she, she thought she was going to be a real dancer. You know, yeah. she, she came from like a quiet little life in Rhode Island and she, uh, you know, gets to New York. Things maybe don't go as planned. She falls in love with this guy. She starts making money dancing in the burlesque joint. But she desperately wants to prove to her mother that she keeps writing all these letters to that, like, she's got the life that is the good girl life. And um, and that's why she's fighting so hard to get it. So, I don't know. That seemed very clear to me, oh, <laughs> which makes my is. job easy. Yeah. No, it's great. And I, I like the fact that uh, with Josh went more burlesque than vaudeville with, mm. with the cabaret show. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that put... You, you're dancing a lot more than I think a lot of Adelaide's, mm. but you are very, very naked. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, you and you look amazing. I mean, you're not as naked uh, as the audience thinks you are. Correct. Um, we can see you up close that you're, you're, you're covered, but yes. it's costumed so well that they yeah. think you're naked. How has, well, one, how is that for this show with your body image? But yeah. as a woman in this career, uh, that's just a, a huge pressure. How have you managed that? fluctuates <laughs> both my feelings about it and my weight um I don't know I think because I'm not you know I was never I danced but I was never a girl who was going to be in chorus line you know I was never going to be the tall leggy you know dancer dancer so I don't feel like there's a super amount of pressure to be that thin but there's definitely pressure for yeah. sure um I like to think of it that it's like look the best you can be look the best for you and and that's kind of what i try and stick to because if you start comparing yourself to other people it's just gonna drive you crazy yeah um and i don't know i mean i guess if there's like a certain role that i'm dying to play and it means i would have to drop a couple pounds i'd be into that right. but i don't i just feel like you know i'd rather be happy and look the best i can and be healthy than you know kill myself to try and be something i'm not um, and that doesn't mean that I don't have my days too, where I'm like, oh God, maybe I have to lose 20 pounds and just, you know, all of that, oh, it, of yeah. course, eats at you. But, um, the older I get, the more confident I get with that. And also there are roles, you know, I, I, there are always roles that, that keep popping up that I'm like, okay, well I'm this girl, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not really the girl who would normally get naked. <laughs> Um, for this particular show, I mean, I didn't know 
we were going to be doing it this naked. Right. But um, I sort of had to just say, okay, I trust Josh and Lee and Brian, um, our creatives on this whole thing, and that they wouldn't let me look bad. And you don't. Thank you. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's it was definitely like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of been liberating, I guess, a little bit. I mean, Once, front walkovers off a stage in, yeah. like... <laughs> and of course it. <laughs> yeah. Well, once once we got to that, I think it was maybe the second or third preview day, or you know, there were a couple different stages of like, okay, what what is her? Might have these jeweled panties that I wear, and like they weren't there the first day. No. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> you one, like one, a Dr. Seuss star. Once I had it. those, I felt better about it. Um, and it's true. I mean, I don't, I don't actually get as naked as it as it probably looks my my barometer is my mother oh <laughs> usually just to you know be like well does she think this would be horrible or not and uh she was like well you know it was fun <laughs> well good <laughs> yeah 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 i i think i'm hoping that it comes across tasteful um, oh it i mean it does it doesn't feel like i'm doing anything no, it's very Gypsy Gross. Rose Lee. Yeah, you know, I think it's I was very, even... It's very classy. There was something that she said about Monica Lewinsky, too, my mother. She hmm. just was like, you know, just promise me you're not going to be simulating any acts. You know, that was like the one thing yeah. that she was like, you know, I get it. You're an actor. you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, keep it classy. Yep. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, the, it, it's a complicated question. I think it's ever-changing. Yeah. But... Yeah, I would say I just try to look the best I can for me, and that maybe changes months at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you seem pretty healthy, and you always have your little concoction that you're drinking right now with the apple cider vinegar. I and do. Do you have vocal rest, and what, what do you do to maintain your your voice? Um, I steam a lot. I have my steamer over there, um, and I don't really vocal rest. For me, it's mostly sleep. Hmm. Sleep's the biggest factor. I'll know right away if I haven't gotten enough. But a um, lot of water, a lot of steaming, a lot of sleep. If I'm feeling particularly tired, I will steam before the show, after the show, in between the show, and then after the show again if we have a double day. Yeah. I'll try and steam afterwards too before I go to bed um, just to keep things as hydrated as possible. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't usually vocal rest unless it's like really bad. And right. I'm like, okay, I need yeah. to stop talking. And I can usually feel it if I start to feel like it's really, really uh, tired. No, I understand. And to backtrack about something you mm -hmm. said earlier, like yeah. sometimes you say yes to a job in that ensemble because you want to understudy. Mm -hmm. I said yes to this for Josh because I'm understudying Nathan. Yeah. And I do not want anything to happen to Chris because he's great. But I would love to go on office. <laughs> that would be so fun. So much fun. And in my research of Guys and Dolls, Victoria mm -hmm. Clark was in the ensemble of Guys yeah, and Dolls you said on that. Broadway. Was she the Sarah cover? Uh, I think she was the Sarah cover, and she cool. was in the Mission Band. That's so it's, so funny. it's like it, it. There are stepping stones for some of the some of the biggest stars. Of course, yeah, you know, absolutely. Not every like Bernard Peters maybe didn't start in the chorus, but a lot of people, a lot of people did. She's just too fancy for anyone. She's too fancy for She's anyone. She's the best. If um, I could be anyone, I would be Bernadette Peters. Oh. <laughs> um, so I was about to ask you your biggest career moment, but I know that one of your favorite roles you did was uh, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Did you write that down? Did I? In your, I thought it was that in your bio. Up I mean, I've, I've done Dorothy. I love Dorothy. I love Judy Garland, too. Right. Oh my God, I grew up watching all Judy Garland movies. I mean, I think my favorite role to date has probably been Dot in Sending the Park with George. Oh, speaking of Bernadette. Yes. That's one that I would love to do again. Um, yeah, I loved doing Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I loved doing Little Red in uh, Into the Woods. But I think it maybe four or five years ago, I said to my agents, I think no more capes and baskets for a while. Mm. Because I think, you know, you get to a point like, I'm 32 in real life, and I have a young, youthful looking face, but I don't want to be playing little girls forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was something I did sort of have to say, you know, I might be done with those auditions for a while. Yeah. Not that I'll never do them again, because I love both those roles, but um, 
I, I'm interested in, like, some, like, I'm so excited that, that I get to be doing Adelaide. Just even that it's a role that sometimes could be played older. Yeah. Is, like, so exciting that I'm like, oh, a woman. Yeah. She's a no, woman. She's definitely you a know? woman. Yeah. Um, and that's been really, really fun to sort of explore um, as an actor, too. You know, you get a little tired of, of the kids' stuff. You definitely do. You definitely do. Would you have like a career highlight? It's not even a job, but I got to sing in the same concert in Boston. Um, it was part of a school thing, but uh, Yo-Yo Ma was performing right after me, and he told me I was talented. That's great. <laughs> and that was my like, oh my god, Yo-Yo Ma thinks I'm good. <laughs> that means I'm really good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so stupid. But um, like little stupid things like that, I feel like. The jobs are all great, but I don't know. Little little things that you treasure along the way, and like getting to do that cast album That's was, really great. was really special. I want to go listen to that. Oh, you can. It's on iTunes. Oh, um, I'm going to have to check it out. It's called Monica Song is my solo. Oh, you know, that's what I was going to say, too. That was really an ensemble show. Um, Clinton, the musical. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, they're, you know... Bill Clinton was played by two different actors, and then Hillary Clinton was a separate character, or like those were the principal principals. The rest of us were really sort of ensembles, and then we each had like step out solo oh. moments. So, and it was just like a tiny little cast of like eight or nine of us, I think, and then all, and then our covers. Um, so like that kind of thing is really fun too. Didn't feel like, ooh, I'm back in the ensemble again. It just right. felt like we were, you know, all little cogs in the wheel of telling this really, bizarre story <laughs> yeah oh um, no i'll definitely listen to it it's yeah. I, I was thinking about like in in a couple years when we look back on mm -hmm. guys and dolls remember this experience but mm -hmm. i'll be like oh i worked with ronica when during the 2016 election because yeah, that right? was like it's going to be very interesting because mm -hmm. we'll remember we all kind of bonded over where we were where we yeah. were and i mean what happened regardless i know yeah. we're on the same page i don't know if my listeners are no they probably are but i mean it was just so interesting to like have to come into work the next day and be like yeah. wow we have to like pretend like we're really happy and be like craps yeah when we don't know what our future is it was surprisingly emotional i mean i knew i cared obviously right. beforehand and i made sure to get my absentee ballot in and everything like that but it was really like i was surprised by how many times I cried that night and that day and like very bizarre. I was on the phone with my mom and I cried, you know, it just felt like, I don't know, our community is so special and dear to me that I would just hate for anyone to have anything bad happen to them. Right. You know, aside from the women's rights and everything that I <laughs> care about for myself, but yeah, you know, my I mean, reproductive rights, but, right. but you know, I just feel like if anyone were to be mean to any of our dear, you know, people that we love and people in this um, company yeah, as well. So yeah, it was, it was weird going, going to work, but it was also felt like nice that we had our, our little group of people who were all sort of like, whoa. Yeah, I do feel really insulated day. when yeah. we go back to New York and mm -hmm. the reality of it sets in Yeah, when we're not in like our, our little know, cute little right? theater. It's weird. I, I don't have reason to like go over to Fifth Ave at all really, but like just even that whole like Trump Tower mask, I ugh. Not looking forward to it. No, it's uh. going to be weird. Well, this was a really great interview. It's like I, I, I love getting to know you more too. It was interesting too. I was talking today uh, about this interview with a friend and mm -hmm. there's you and I could probably be really great friends and yeah. there's a separation between ensemble and principal that isn't real but a, like a bad thing yeah it's just that we don't ever rehearse together it's logistical we, yeah logistical is that the word I'm looking for yeah, yeah. It, that, that honestly if I don't try to see everyone I might not see everyone in right. the show just because we're not on stage together and, and we it's don't not a hierarchy together. it's just no no and I mean I've been so careful about that's part of the rest, you know, why I don't have to go on vocal rest is that I've been sleeping a ton and, right. you know, not really going out. It makes me feel sad that I'm not hanging out as much as I could, but I just get too tired, man. No, no, I, complete, <laughs> I completely understand, but you always think in yeah. big Broadway shows, you're like, oh, the principals don't talk to so-and-so. It's like, no, there's not really a separation, but just they rehearse different. They're in different dressing rooms. Oh, totally. Their lives are different yeah. even in the show. Yes. You know, I don't. E I only interact with you when I'm sitting watching you in stage. Mm -hmm. but I don't have any scenes with except you. Except for except for right after Havana. 
And I, oh. I watch you walk in the hallway and get your basket for your change. Yes, it's the only time I see you <laughs> when you have your spatula sticking out of your head. Yep, it's true. I well, know. Thank you so much. If I could end your podcast on any song um, from your life or career, what would it be? Move on from sending the pack of joy. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that song. Me too. And I'll have to come and see you do it when you do it. Someday. I'll do it again. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank Rest up you. for the show tonight. Thank you. I've nothing to say. You have many things. Well, nothing that's not been said. Said by you. Don't I do not know where to go. And not at all. I want to make things that count. Things that I did what I had to do. What am I to do? Something of my own. Move on. Move on. Stop worrying if your vision is new. Let others make that decision. They usually do. You keep moving on. Look at what you've done, something in the done light, what something you want, not at where you are, where you be. Look at all the things you gave to things me, I hadn't let me give to you something in return. And your smile, I will be so pleased. And the way you catch the light. more to see.